Section 8 of The Elements of Botany. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lawrence Trask. Mount Vernon, Ohio. InterfaceAudio.com. The Elements of Botany by Asa Gray. Section 7 Leaves. Part 2 through 4. Part 2. Leaves of Special Conformation and Use Leaves for Storage A leaf may at the same time serve both ordinary and special uses. Thus in those leaves of lilies, such as the common white lily, which spring from the bulb, the upper and green part serves for foliage and elaborates nourishment, while the thickened portion or bud scale beneath serves for the storage of this nourishment. The thread-shaped leaf of the onion fulfills the same office, and the nourishing matter it prepares is deposited in its sheathing base, forming one of the concentric layers of the onion. When these layers, so thick and succulent, have given up their store to the growing parts within, they are left as thin and dry husks. In a house leek, an aloe, or an agave, the green color of the surface of the fleshy leaf indicates that it is doing the work of foliage. The deeper-seated white portion within is the storehouse of the nourishment, which the green surface has elaborated. So also the seed leaves or cotyledons are commonly used for storage. Some, as in one of the maples, the pea, horse chestnut, oak, etc., are for nothing else. Others, as in beech and in our common beans, give faint indication of service as foliage, also chiefly in vain. Still others, as in the pumpkin and flax, having served for storage, develop into the first efficient foliage. Compare 11, 22 through 30 and the accompanying figures. Leaves as bud scales, serve to protect the forming parts within. Having fulfilled this purpose, they commonly fall off when the shoot develops and foliage leaves appear. Occasionally, as in figure 170, there is a transition of bud scales to leaves, which reveals the nature of the former. The lilac also shows a gradation from bud scale to simple leaf. In Cornus, Florida, the flowering dogwood, the four bud scales which through the winter protect the head of forming flowers remain until blossoming and then the base of each grows out into a large and very showy petal-like leaf the original dry scale is apparent in the notch at the apex leaves as spines occur in several plants a familiar instance is that of the common barberry in almost any summer shoot most of the gradations may be seen between the ordinary leaves with sharp bristly teeth and leaves which are reduced to a branching spine or thorn the fact that the spines of the barberry produce a leaf bud in their axle also proves them to be leaves leaves for climbing are various in adaptation true foliage leaves serve this purpose as in gloriosa where the attenuated tip of a simple leaf otherwise like that of a lily, hooks around a supporting object, or in Solanum jasminoides of the gardens, 
and in Morandia, etc., where the leaf stalk coils round and clings to a support, or in the compound leaves of clematis and of adlumia, in which both the leaflets and their stalks hook or coil around the support. Or in a compound leaf, as in the pea and most vetches, and in cobea, while the lower leaflets serve for foliage, some of the uppermost are developed as tendrils for climbing. In the common pea this is so, with all but one or two pairs of leaflets. In one European vetch, the leaflets are wanting, and the whole petiole is a tendril, while the stipules become the only foliage. Leaves as pitchers, or hollow tubes, are familiar in the common pitcher plant or side-saddle flower of our bogs. These pitchers are generally half full of water, in which flies and other insects are drowned, often in such numbers as to make a rich manure for the plant. More curious are some of the southern species of Saracenia, which seem to be specially adapted to the capture and destruction of flies and other insects. The leaf of the Nepenthes combines three structures and uses. The expanded part below is foliage. This tapers into a tendril for climbing, and this bears a pitcher with a lid. Insects are caught and perhaps digested in the pitcher leaves as fly traps insects are caught in another way and more expertly by the most extraordinary of all the plants of this country the dianea or venus's fly trap which grows in the sandy bogs around wilmington north carolina here each leaf bears at its summit an appendage which opens and shuts in shape something like a steel trap and operating much like one for when open, no sooner does a fly alight on its surface and brush against any one of the two or three bristles that grow there, than the trap suddenly closes, capturing the intruder. If the fly escapes, the trap soon slowly opens and is ready for another capture. When retained, the insect is after a time moistened by a secretion from minute glands of the inner surface and is digested. In the various species of Drosera or sundew, insects are caught by sticking fast to very viscid glands at the tip of strong bristles, aided by adjacent gland-tipped bristles which bend slowly toward the captive. The use of such adaptations and operations may be explained in another place. A leaf complete in its parts consists of blade, leaf stalk, or petiole, and a pair of stipules but most leaves have either frugaceous or minute stipules or none at all. Many have no petiole, the blade being sessile or stalkless, and some have no clear distinction of blade and petiole. And many of these, such as those of the onion and all phyllodia, consist of petiole only. The base of the petiole is apt to be broadened and flattened, sometimes into thin margins sometimes into a sheath which embraces the stem at the point of attachment stipules are such appendages either wholly or partly separated from the petiole when quite separate they are said to be free as in figure one twelve when attached to the base of the petiole as in the rose and in clover they are adnate when the two stipules unite and sheathe the stem above the insertion 
as in polygonum, this sheath is called an ochrea, from its likeness to a grave or legon. In grasses, when the sheathing base of the leaf may answer to petiole, the summit of the sheath commonly projects as a thin and short membrane, like an ochrea. This is called a ligula or ligule. When stipules are green and leaf-like, they act as so much foliage. In the pea, they make up no small part of the actual foliage. In a related plant, Lathyrus afeca, they make the whole of it, the remainder of the leaf being tendril. In many trees, the stipules are the bud scales, as in the beech, and very conspicuously in the fig tree, tulip tree, and magnolia. These fall off as the leaves unfold. The stipules are spines or prickles in locust and several other leguminous trees and shrubs. They are tendrils in smilax or greenbrier. Phyllotaxy, meaning leaf arrangement, is the study of the position of leaves, or parts answering to leaves, upon the stem. The technical name for the attachment of leaves to the stem is the insertion. Leaves are inserted in three modes. They are alternate, that is, one after another, or in other words, with only a single leaf to each node, opposite, when there is a pair to each node, the two leaves in this case being always on opposite sides of the stem. Foreld or verticillate, when there are more than two leaves on a node, in which case they divide the circle equally between them, forming a verticel or whorl. Then there are three leaves in the whorl. The leaves are one-third of the circumference apart, when four, one-quarter, and so on. So the plan of opposite leaves, which is very common, is merely that of whorled leaves with the fewest leaves to the whorl, namely two. In both modes and in all their modifications, the arrangement is such as to distribute the leaves systematically, and in a way to give them a good exposure to the light. No two or more leaves ever grow from the same point. The so-called fascicled or clustered leaves are the leaves of a branch the nodes of which are very close, just as they are in the bud, so keeping the leaves in a cluster. This is evident in the larch, in which examination shows each cluster to be made up of numerous leaves crowded on a spur or short axis. In spring there are only such clusters, but in summer some of them lengthen into ordinary shoots with scattered alternate leaves. So likewise each cluster of two or three needle-shaped leaves in pitch pines or of five leaves in white pine answers to a similar extremely short branch, springing from the axle of a thin and slender scale, which represents a leaf of the main shoot. For pines produce two kinds of leaves. One, primary, the proper leaves of the shoots, not as foliage, but in the shape of delicate scales in the spring, which soon fall away. And two, secondary, the fascicled leaves, from buds in the axils of the former, and these form the actual foliage. Phyllotaxy of alternate leaves. Alternate leaves are distributed along the stem in an order which is uniform for each species. The arrangement in all its modifications is said to be spiral 
because if we draw a line from the insertion, i.e. the point of attachment, of one leaf to that of the next, and so on, this line will wind spirally around the stem as it rises, and in the same species will always bear the same number of leaves for each turn round the stem. That is, any two successive leaves will always be separated from each other by an equal portion of the circumference of the stem. The distance in height between any two leaves may vary greatly, even on the same shoot, for that depends upon the length of the internodes, or spaces between the leaves. But the distance as measured around the circumference, in other words, the angular divergence, or angle formed by any two successive leaves, is uniformly the same. Two ranked. The great possible divergence is, of course, where the second leaf stands on exactly the opposite side of the stem from the first, the third on the side opposite the second, and therefore over the first and the fourth over the second. This brings all the leaves into two ranks, one on one side of the stem and one on the other, and is therefore called the two-ranked arrangement. It occurs in all grasses, in Indian corn, for instance, also in the basswood. This is the simplest of all arrangements, and the one which most widely distributes successive leaves, but which therefore gives the fewest vertical ranks. Next is the three-ranked arrangement, that is, of all sedges and of white hellebore. Here the second leaf is placed one-third of the way round the stem the third leaf two-thirds of the way round, and the fourth leaf accordingly directly over the first, the fifth over the second, and so on. That is, three leaves occur in each turn round the stem, and they are separated from each other by one-third of the circumference. Five-ranked is the next in the series, and the most common. It is seen in the apple, cherry, poplar, and the greater number of trees and shrubs. In this case, the line traced from leaf to leaf will pass twice round the stem before it reaches a leaf situated directly over any below. Here the sixth leaf is over the first. The leaves stand in five perpendicular ranks and with equal angular distance from each other, and this distance between any two successive leaves is just two-fifths of the circumference of the stem. The five-ranked arrangement is expressed by the fraction two-fifths. This fraction denotes the divergence of the successive leaves, i.e. the angle they form with each other. The numerator also expresses the number of turns made round the stem by the spiral line in completing one cycle or set of leaves, namely two, and the denominator gives the number of leaves in each cycle or the number of perpendicular ranks, namely five. In the same way, the fraction one-half stands for the two-ranked mode, and one-third for the three-ranked. And so these different sorts are expressed by the series of fractions, one-half, one-third, two-fifths. Other cases follow in the same numerical progression, the next being the eighth-ranked arrangement. In this, the ninth leaf stands over the first, and three turns are made around the stem to reach it, so it is expressed by the fraction three-eighths. This is seen in the holly and in the common plantain. 
then comes the thirteen ranked arrangement in which the fourteenth leaf is over the first after five turns around the stem the common house leek is a good example the series so far then is one half one third two fifths three eighths five thirteenths the numerator and the denominator of each fraction being those of the two next preceding ones added together at this rate the next higher should be eight twenty-firsts then thirteen thirty-fourths and so on and in fact just such cases are met with and commonly no others these higher sorts are found in the pine family both in the leaves and the cones and in many other plants with small and crowded leaves but in those the number of the ranks or of leaves in each cycle one can rarely be made out by direct inspection they may be indirectly ascertained however by studying the secondary spirals as they are called which usually become conspicuous at least two series of them one turning to the right and one to the left for an account of the way in which the character of the phyllotaxy may be deduced from the secondary spirals see structural botany chapter four phyllotaxy of opposite and world leaves this is simple and comparatively uniform the leaves of each pair or whorl are placed over the intervals between those of the preceding and therefore under the intervals of the pair or whorl next above the whorls or pairs alternate or cross each other usually at right angles that is they decussate opposite leaves that is whorls of two leaves only are far commoner than whorls of three or four or more members this arrangement in successive decussating pairs gives an advantageous distribution on the stem in four vertical ranks whorls of three give six vertical ranks and so on note that in descriptive botany leaves and whorls of two are simply called opposite leaves and that the term verticillate or whorled is employed only for cases of more than two unless the latter number is specified vernation or prefoliation the disposition of the leaf blades in the bud comprise two things first the way in which each separate leaf is folded coiled or packed up in the bud and second the arrangement of the leaves in the bud with respect to one another the latter of course depends very much upon the phyllotaxy for example the position and order of the leaves upon the stem the same terms are used for it as the arrangement of the leaves of the flower in the flower bud see therefore astivation or prefloration as to each leaf separately it is sometimes straight and open in vernation but more commonly is either bent folded or rolled up when the upper part is bent down upon the lower as the young blade in the tulip tree is bent upon the leaf stalk it is said to be inflexed or reclined in vernation when folded by the midrib so that the two halves are placed face to face it is conduplicate as in the magnolia the cherry and the oak when folded back and forth like the plates of a fan it is plicate or plaited in unrolling it resembles the head of a crozier and is said to be circinate 
or it may be rolled up parallel with the axis, either from one edge into a coil when it is convolute, as in the apricot and plum, or rolled from both edges towards the midrib, sometimes inwards when it is involute, as in the violet and the water lily, sometimes outward when it is revolute, in the rosemary and azalea. The figures are diagrams representing sections through the leaf in the way they were represented by Linnaeus. End of section 8. Recording by Lawrence Trask, Mount Vernon, Ohio, InterfaceAudio.com.